Relationship Podcast with your host, Certified Life Coach, Chris Rich. If you're having trouble navigating your mixed faith relationships, struggling to connect with your people, or having specific challenges, you are in the right place, my friend. Episode 70, special guest, Suzette Halterman. Hello there, my beautiful friends. I am super excited to have another amazing guest on the Mixed Faith Relationship Podcast. Today, I have my friend and colleague, Suzette Halterman, joining us. She has a ton of insight that I think you are going to find super helpful. So without further ado, let's get started. Suzette, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This will be fun. Totally. Um, well, let's just start off. I would love to have you tell us just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, the basics, I live in Colorado in a small town in Colorado. So Pagosa Springs, it's, it's really tiny, but that's why I love it. Um, so it's in the mountains. And so I've got four kids and so we ski and we camp and we hike and we do all those things. Um, so that's why I love living where I do. And we, my kids mountain bike and things like that. So we're, we're active and, um, that's mostly, I love to do those kinds of things. So those are my hobbies. Um, I used to be a musician. So I also teach like some music classes, like mommy and me music classes. Um, that's kind of my little fun side gig. Um, and then I, uh, and then I work professionally with couples as a couples coach. Um, I'm married. Yes. And, and I am in a mixed faith marriage also. Okay. And tell us, how did you find yourself in a mixed faith marriage? Yeah. So, uh, my husband and I both grew up in the church, the LDS church, um, married in the temple. I served a mission. I graduated from BYU, all of the things, uh, and about 15 years into our marriage, I went through my own faith journey that was spurred just kind of by mostly social issues and, as I kind of explored those further, then it was kind of just like led me down a lot of different avenues. And the end result was uh, just a, a completely shifted perspective and, and faith, um, not just from those things, but I also did a lot of personal work on things that shaped my life, things that developed my life. Um, as I was going through training, coaching training and couples training, I had to do a lot of personal work. It's kind of part of it. Um, so anyway, it was kind of the combination of personal work I was doing on my own stuff and the stuff that I was kind of researching on my own and the combination of all those things, just it, it, my faith completely shifted. Um, and so then I had, and my husband was very content and happy in our, in our religious situation. And we both come from, you know, fairly traditional LDS families. And so then I, we were in that space of, okay, how do we navigate this? Um, I consider myself no longer a believing member, but I do still attend um, for other reasons that I can talk about later. But um, so, yeah, it was, then we had to navigate that. Well, how do we, how are we going to do that as a couple? How are we going to raise our kids in this situation? What's this going to look like for us? And so it was a mixed faith marriage and I did not know how to navigate that. <laughs> And I didn't really know there was a term for that. Um, so anyway, that's how I, that's how it started for us. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Um, okay. So you said that you, so what, tell us what you do and who you, who you help. Yeah. So, um, I am a couples coach. I'm sort of trained in a lot of different methods of couples work. And I work specifically with mixed faith couples, um, and couples in general. So I coach, um, I'm a coach at the relationship school and I work with couples of all kinds, but then in my own personal business, I, I like to work with mixed faith couples or people who are navigating, um, big value differences because faith and religion, those are, those are pretty big value differences, but value differences can also be things like money, um, you know, child raising strategies. Like there's, there's a lot of things that can be value differences, but that is really where I specialize. That's kind of my niche area because I love it. Uh, and because I had to really figure out and find the best resources for myself. And then it just kind of became a passion of, cause I really, during navi navigating this myself, I really felt like, how do people do this without help? Like I was like sitting, oh, you know, at, at the Gottman Institute and with all these relationship experts, like getting all, you know, just downloads of information of how to navigate these complex things. Yeah. And I just felt like, ah, like other people don't have that. Um, and they don't know where to get it. And it just, it's kind of where it developed for me to want to help others with that. Yeah. I love, I think that it's so interesting because that's exactly, that's how I found coaching too. Cause I needed help. I didn't know what to do in my relationships either. And then I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, um, yeah, I think that's, I'm so thankful to have that help and that we get to help others with it now. So, yeah. Um, Okay, so there were some concepts that come up over and over again that in this mixed faith community, um, and terms like differentiation, enmeshment, codependency, entanglement. There are just all these terms that I think a lot of us kind of understand them, but I would love for you to help us really look into those to define what they mean and and then just give us a bunch of examples of how they might show up in our relationships. And um, yeah, I would just, I would love to pick your brain on all these things. So. Yes. Yes. These, these terms come up a lot because they are terms that are often used to describe relationship systems. Um, and so that's why you hear them a lot. And so I'm going to kind of zoom out and give a bigger picture of, of what these words are about. So systems involve uh, individual components working together or linked together somehow. So when we're talking about systems, that's what we're talking about. So you can think about, you know, the, the, the human body, there's distinct parts and they're linked together, working together, or, um, or you can think of it as like a neighborhood, like there's lots of individual people or homes, but they're linked together in this community. Um, you know, so relationship systems, we're talking about individual people, linked together, whether it's a family unit or like a couple or like extended, you know, bigger picture family, extended family. So that is why you hear these words, differentiation and codependency and entanglement, because they are words describing the effectiveness of these relationship systems. So if you were to think of it as a spectrum, like a horizontal line, and on one end, let's say on the right side of this horizontal line, you have differentiation. And on the complete opposite side, you have codependency. Um, that kind of gives you an idea of, of what we're talking about. This is, this is a spectrum. This is a line. And 
on one side, we're going to have relationship systems that are not very symptomatic and they're flexible and they're adaptable and they're working really well to do this thing of individual components linked together, right? So mm -hmm. differentiation, when we talk about differentiation, we're talking about the side of the spectrum that is a relationship system that is able to do this thing of individual components linked together and it's it doesn't have a lot of symptoms. So the differentiation side is very asymptomatic. It doesn't, it has a lot of flexibility. It has stability. It's not gonna have like, you know, gridlocked conflict, which is kind of a symptom. It's not gonna have conflict avoidance. It's not gonna have the symptoms of resentment, you know, all those things that kind of can happen in, in relationships. All those um, things so that I was saying. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Now, the other kind of end of the spectrum would be these other words, codependency, enmeshment, entanglement. They all are describing the same thing. There's a little bit of nuances to how we might use them, but I don't think that matters as much as just knowing they're all words to describe when this system of individual components linking together is not working and there's not flexibility and there's not adaptability. Uh, instead, there's chaos, chaos and rigidity. Those are really, those are kind of telltale signs that it is not working well, this individual parts linking together. Um, so, and you're gonna have symptoms. So you're gonna have conflict avoidance or you're gonna have really intense gridlocked conflict. You're gonna have blame. You're gonna have resentment. Um, you're going to have, oh, all the things that people, all the, the marriage, you know, the, the typical marriage stuff that people usually end up going to get help for, uh, communication breakdown, like that's symptomatic. So, um, the goal of course is differentiation, uh, but differentiation is not like, um, it's not like a one and done, like I am differentiated. We are differentiated. We are good. It's kind of like saying I'm fit. Well, you're only fit as long as you're like continuing to exercise and eat right and do all those things. Differentiation is the same thing. It's not like, like a cruising altitude. Like we've reached our, our cruising altitude. Now we're good. And we just cruise. Differentiation is an ongoing process and work to stay kind of on that half of the spectrum because we're going to slip we're going to slip back down and you might be kind of have a more differentiated relationship in one area and then in another you're more on the codependent side so this is not like black and white um it is an ongoing process like you maybe have a differentiated relationship with your spouse but put you back in your family of origin and you're like in an enmeshed codependent system. So we can be differentiated in some ways and more on the codependent side in others. You may have had a more differentiated relationship until a faith crisis and then boom, you like swing onto the other side and it's codependency and enmeshment. So um, it's, it's kind of a moving thing. And in order to stay on the differentiated end of things, require it's a continual continual active process right so that's kind of the big picture and another way i like to use um to describe it is 
the differentiation side of the spectrum is like a fruit salad where it's these individual parts, but they come together to make something kind of completely different um, and harmon and harmonizing, right? So you can think of a fruit salad or you can think of a choir, right? Everybody, like they have their unique individual voices, but they come together and people aren't losing their voice. They still have their voice. It's contributing to this bigger thing that is beautiful and harmonizing. So that is kind of what differentiation looks like. It's a fruit salad. It's a choir. On the other side of the spectrum, on the other end, so the codependency entangled and meshed end, uh, that's like a smoothie, right? There's no individual parts. It's all okay. blended together. Um, you can't different. You can't tell oh, now I'm tasting, like, now here's the blueberry I'm tasting. Oh, and here's the strawberry. Like, it's all so mixed together that it just, you know, it's a smoothie, but you're not like tasting the individual flavors. Um, there's no individual parts to that. It's all blended together. And you can kind of have uh, any kind of combination in between those two things as uh, a smoothie and a fruit salad. Um and th those examples come from Dan Siegel, who talks a lot about this, but um, all systems, oh, do you have, am I making sense so far? You I just, I love this. I love the, I'm a very visual learner and I love just those, the way you've described it. So that, yeah, this is perfect. I love that. You're making me hungry, girlfriend. <laughs> I know. Well, this is such complicated stuff. It's taken yeah. me years to sort all this out in my own head, which is why it's like, it's hard to, to know all these things because it's, it's all complicated. Um, and so what I was going to say about these different, and I lost my train of thought now. I don't remember what I was going to say about them anyway. Okay. So of course our goal is to always be more on the differentiated end. Oh, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, Dan Siegel, who's done a lot of work on this, any system that has these individual components linking together, um, it they all have certain characteristics. When they are, the more they are individualized and linked, um, the more that can happen, they have these similar characteristics and it's, they're flexible. It's a flexible system. It's an adaptive system. It's a cohesive system it's energized and it's stable. So he uses the acronym FACES, F-A-C-E-S. It's flexible, adaptable, coherent or cohesive, energized and stable. So take any system that's working with individual parts linking together, the more individuated and linked they can be, the more you're gonna have those FACES, flexibility, adaptability. So think about a mixed faith marriage, right? Um, you want a marriage to be flexible. When it's flexible and adaptable, it can handle a faith difference. Like somebody can shift their faith and it's like, well, wow, that's great. Okay, we can still work as a team. We're fine. If you have a flexible, adaptable system and there still can be some cohesiveness in that, even though you have, you might have different belief systems and yeah. stability. Um, and it's still energizing. It still feels like there's, there's some, some things that are keeping it going and moving, right? So we want that. We, If we have a relationship that is on the differentiated side, faith differences or other values differences, they don't disrupt the system as much, okay? But if you have a system on the other end of the spectrum 
that is not, that's kind of more of the smoothie, um, you're going to have some characteristics of those kind of symptoms of those kind of systems also. So systems that are not doing the, the individual parts linking well, um, the, the characteristics of those are going to be rigidity and chaos. Those are, those are the big ones. And I kind of mentioned that before. Um, so chaos, rigidity, it's not, it's, it's the opposite of the faces acronym. Yeah. It's, it's not flexible because it's rigid, right? Like it's black and white. Like we can't be happy if you're not in the church. We can't be a family if we're not raising our kids with Mormon standards, right? That's not flexibility. It's not adaptable. Whereas like, it, it's like, no, like our family has to look a certain way. Um, it's not is cohesive. This where, is this where that so often I hear clients talk about, I feel like we're roommates. And I mean, I've been in that situation where it's like, you do you, me, I'll do me. And then it's just like, and that's not what we want either. Right, right. Because that's the cohesiveness, like the intimacy part, right? So you in a differentiated system, you can be different and still have that cohesiveness and intimacy. Uh, But on the codependent and mesh side, um, you're going to have those opposite character characteristics. So yeah, it's going to feel like we don't have connection and intimacy. We don't have cohesiveness. And we're not stable. Like you do one thing and it impacts the whole system. And then like, I'm a mess or, you know, you, you believe this or you go to church and then like, it just, you know, emotionally, I'm like, I can't handle it. And it's not, there's no stability. It's, it's like rocky and up and down and it's draining and it's miserable. (laughs) It's miserable. Totally. (laughs) Been there. So (laughs) you can use that like F-A-C-E-S, the faces characteristics to diagnose yourself. Are we on the differentiated side or are we on the codependent side? Most people, because differentiation is such an active process that takes a lot of work, most people are on the codependent um, enmeshed side. So if your faith differences are a struggle, if, if it has caused some symptoms in your marriage, if your marriage has not been adaptable enough to kind of absorb it and uh, be flexible with it, then you just know, okay, we're on this codependent enmeshed side of the spectrum. We have some work to do to bring our, us individually and as a couple over onto this differentiated side um, so that our marriage can handle these things without it being so symptomatic and disruptive. And I think that's, that's a good point that to just recognize instead of freaking out and panicking, it's just like, oh, this is great information to know. This is where I am. This is where we are without judgment, but just to be like, okay, that's probably where we are and that we can work on it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I would say not just LDS couples, most people are more on the other side, because if you think about like it's like the laws of entropy, like things gradually move towards disorder unless you're actively Mm. putting energy into them to to move them towards more cohesiveness. Like that's the law of entropy in systems. Systems move towards disorder unless you're actively putting energy and people don't know how to put energy in towards moving into differentiation. And and I'll talk about that today, how to do that, what that looks like. Um, And so that's why like, don't feel shameful about it. Like, Oh, I'm on this codependent side it's well of course you are because our parents generation didn't know the skills to do that like this is newer science of relationships and understanding systems and um 
this, we all come from dysfunctional generations before us. And so putting the work in to move our systems towards differentiation is, this is, this is something different that we're doing now. So don't have shame or guilt or like, oh, or the perfectionist in you, right? Like, oh no, I'm doing my marriage wrong. Like, no, (laughs) there's very few people who are going to be naturally on the differentiated side. And if they are, it's because they learned it from generations before and they know how to keep themselves there and they know how to put the energy in to fight that move back towards kind of the entropy move back towards um, less cohesiveness. Well, I would, let's go, let's talk about that. What are, can you give us some examples of what that's going to look like in our mixed faith relationships? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about differentiation. Differentiation is, I'm going to read that this definition comes from Dr. Ellen Bader, who's kind of an expert on differentiation. Uh, Differentiation is an active and ongoing process of a person being able to define their thoughts, their feelings, their wishes, and their desires to one another and tolerate their partner doing the same thing. So in order to differentiate first, you have to like, it's an internal thing. You have to know, okay, what do I think? What do I feel? What are my values? Uh, What do I want in my life? I have to be able to communicate that. So I have to like own my inner experience and that takes some skill. And then I have to be able to like communicate my inner experience to my partner. Uh, That takes risking a lot of vulnerability, right? Because it might not be validated. They might not agree with your internal experience and that can feel yucky. So you have to risk that. You have to identify, you have to be able to go internal then you have to be able to communicate your inner experience, which is vulnerable and risky because it might not be validated, validated. And you have to be able to tolerate the fact that it might be invalidated. And you have to allow the other person to do the same thing, to have their own experience, be able to communicate it to you. So there's a lot of discomfort tolerance involved in that. Mm-hmm. So what that might look like, let's say somebody goes through a faith transition, uh, if they are working towards differentiated, they're not just going to rush into it and be like, okay, I'm, I'm done with the church. Boom. I'm out of here before some people do that before they've even talked to their spouse. Like that is not differentiation because <laughs> the differentiation, this is an interpersonal process. Okay. So first it's like, well, why is, you know, there's a lot of internal work. Why, what are my values that, and, and how are they differing from the church? And, um, and what's important to me and what do I want my life to look like? Like maybe I value choice. Maybe I value some like, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things people can value and, and then being vulnerable enough to share that with your spouse. Like, here's what I think, here's what I value. It's different than the church. Um, and, and that's where I'm at. And then being able to risk the fact that your spouse might be like, I disagree. I don't see things the same way you do. Cause you can take the same information about church history or whatever. And your spouse is not, they have different values. They have yeah. different things that matter to them. So for me, like social issues are huge for me to my husband. They're not Church is about, uh, is, is more a friendship, a place for friendship community. So he could care less about the things that I care about mm-hmm. as a woman. I have been impacted by the patriarchal system of the church. So I had to like really get clear about that for myself. Like, here's the things that impacted me. I had to share them vulnerably with my husband and have him be like, 
yeah, that doesn't really matter to me. That's like, oh, that's crushing to have somebody not value things the way you do. But differentiation is allowing the other person to have their experience and communicate it. So for my husband, his experiences, church is a place I've got friends there. It totally helped shape my character growing up as a young man. So while my experience growing up as a young woman might be very different, I have to allow that his experience growing up as a young man is different than mine. And that's okay. So that is differentiation work is I have to, I have to understand my internal experience. I have to communicate it and risk that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and allow the other person to do the same. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm differentiating. I'm owning my internal experience. I'm sharing it. But then as soon as their partner like disagrees with them, it's like, ah, see, like you don't understand me. You don't care. How dare you respect, you know, support something that hurt me. It's like, there's no room for the other person's experience. Right. Um, And I think it's good on, you know, like on the believing side to, it's important for us to be able to do that as well. Like, why do I believe? What are my experiences? Why is this important to me? And to, to be able to recognize that. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a good exercise for us to do, um, because a lot of times it's like, I've just done this because this is what my family did, or this is just kind of Mm -hmm. what's my, this is my lived experience that I'm used to. And I think it's really important on, you know, you're believing or not, and then be being able to look at that from your partners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To know the values behind why you're making the choices Mm -hmm. to own that. And here's what I want in my life. And these are the values that are really important to me and also tolerate that if that's not validated by your spouse, like that's also, it's a sucky feeling to to not be validated. So differentiation is like, I got to hold myself. I have to like, be able to validate myself Mm -hmm. uh, and so that I can just be okay to have my spouse be who they are. Right. I don't need them to be different for me to be okay. So that's what differentiation looks like. So codependency would be, um, kind of the, well, I'll get, actually I'll pause on that. I'll talk about codependency in a minute. Let's stay on differentiation. Okay. So here's an example. So differentiation is the reason that I still attend, even though I'm not an active member for me, it is a, I, I come from a very codependent family, highly enmeshed codependent family history. So I have, I constantly have to be working on my differentiation because my default is like, like way on the other side. So when I go to church and I like just this last Sunday, somebody gave a talk in sacrament meeting. It was very difficult for me to hear. So I, I could have just been reactive. There was a reactive part of me that was like, I just want to walk out. I want to leave. But instead I had to really go internal and be like, okay, what is important to me? What do I value? Why is this bothering me? Like, this is about me. This is not about what they're saying is wrong. It's about this is affecting me. Why is it affecting me? So I had to really get clear on that. And I was sitting next to my husband and I made some comment and he did not validate my perspective. And I automatically felt rejected and hurt and like, you know, frustrated. I was like swinging back towards the other end of the spectrum. So I had to like really hold on to myself and be like, it's okay that I have these values and these feelings. And my husband was hearing something totally different out of the talk than I was like he was hearing, which is fine. And I had to practice that differentiation skill of, 
I heard certain things. He heard certain things. Neither are better or worse. Yeah. We can both have our experience. And oh, by the way, I like sitting next to you and holding your hand because you look really handsome today. And like I could kind of get back into connection and I could get grounded in myself. Okay, well, how how do I want to handle this? I don't need to like change everybody else's way of thinking. I don't need to storm out. I don't need to like go talk to the bishop and say that was a horrible talk. What was important to me is I want to just communicate to my kids that they always have choice to like whatever they hear, they can take it or leave it. And so I and left feeling much more grounded. Yeah. And, and I knew and I did that with my kids. We just said, hey, like I didn't agree with what was said. You can always take or leave what you hear. And that's all. And I still mm-hmm. felt connected to my spouse. So that is like the practice of differentiation. I go to church because I need that practice. I need that practice of taking what I hear, really going internal to understand myself better. And then like communicating it. And, you know, it's, it's just good practice for me. I'm not saying everybody should do that. I just, I need the practice yeah, I <laughs> and love- not just my husband, but with like the church, yeah, my, the, my congregation, like I need that practice of expressing my opinion sometimes, even with it, when it differs of showing up, believing something different and, and holding my own self-esteem and not having my self-esteem be dependent on whether or not people approve of what I'm doing and how I'm raising my kids. Like those are all huge areas that I have to work on. Yeah. That's, that's differentiation work for me. I think it's so, so often we have this idea that we want to be on the same page, that we should mm-hmm. see things the same. And I think that can be one of the, the, we don't have to be on the same page. We can totally have our opinions and our experiences and, and still come together and have a differentiated relationship yeah yes those are there's, great there's actually examples. more there's more room for intimacy and connection when yeah. you can have that kind of space between you and, and that acceptance and it doesn't that's where the rigidity comes from because if you're on the other side and it's like well you have to think like me you have to validate my experience in order for me to feel good who then you move into control territory right? Like, well, then you can't think different and my kids can't think different and, or else, because then suddenly I fall apart inside. Right. So that's where, so we can kind of shift over to what the codependent side looks like, or the enmeshed side, the undifferentiated side. It's my self-esteem, my sense of worth, my identity, my validation is all intertwined with what you're doing and what you're saying, right? That's the smoothie aspect. Yeah. I can't distinguish what makes me feel good, good about myself from what you think of me, right? So if you don't agree with me, if you don't validate me and say like, oh yes, you're so right. And your way of thinking is right. And you're parenting great, then boom, like I don't, I don't have a, self, a sense of self anymore. And so- I can't example, imagine I- my kids saying any of those. I know the, the example I like to use to describe codependency is, um, as a reptile, like a cold blooded reptile, they don't have the internal mechanisms to regulate their body heat. Right. And so that's why they have to like go bask in the sun or they have to go warm themselves on a rock to kind of regulate their temperature. So people who are on the enmeshed codependent undifferentiated side, we're the same way. In order to feel good about ourselves, we have to kind of like rely on something else to provide that for us. So it might be, we have to rely on the validation of our spouse. 
We have to rely on people liking what we're doing and agreeing with what we're doing. Uh, and then that, like that fills us with our sense of self-worth and that, and it, it creates so much dysfunction. Cause if you're relying on something else to provide you your sense of self-worth, then you have to control that thing. Um, or you resent it when it's not giving you that validation, right? Like, oh, you don't yeah. see things my way. Now I'm just going to be really pissed off at you. Um, because you're not now providing the validation that I can't seem to provide myself. Um, and that's, and then you get resentment, you get control, you get like the constant, like, I got to send you pod. I have to, I have to educate you, right. I got to send you podcasts and, um, articles and books so that you can think like me and then validate me. Right. It's, we, we start getting into all kinds of messy territory. So I see that a lot, uh, read this article, do this, you know. Mm -hmm. listen to this. That's trying to control somebody so that they will validate you instead of just like a differentiated side would be like, here's what I, the conclusions I've come to for me. Here's my life experience. Yeah. I can also tell, I have enough self-esteem, self-validation that I'm okay. If you feel totally different and you can't see things the same way. And but Hey, I look, we oh. have fun together. I was just thinking that I think because for in my experience, I thought the only way that I could ever be happy again is if my husband came back to church or if my kids right. didn't leave the church. And it's fascinating now that I know that I get to create my happiness and mm -hmm. that what they, you know, all these things that you've been talking about, it makes sense when we look at it that way that if we think that that's the only way we can be happy is if they do that, then that, then we operate out of fear and we try mm -hmm. to control them and do all those things. So they, yeah, totally. it's, I'm just like, as I'm listening, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally did. Yep. I did that and that and that mm -hmm. and recognizing, oh, cause I, at that time, I didn't realize that, that I, I got to create my own happiness and yeah, yeah that I just, oh, this is, this is fascinating. Okay. Keep yeah. going. Well, that, that's like the tell, telltale sign of you're on the codependent side. If yeah. your happiness is intertwined with what somebody else is doing, mm -hmm. uh, if it's not independent of that, because that's like a smoothie, right? Like I can't, I can't differentiate where, where my happiness is and where <laughs> yours is like, it's so intertwined. And that's why it's not a flexible, adaptable system. Cause then you yeah. do the wrong thing and boom, I, I've lost my happiness. Now I'm acting out of fear and I'm controlling you and blah, blah, it's a mess. I think I was living at Jamba juice for several years. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a thing now, but <laughs> my husband used to work at Jamba juice. So I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it is hard and it's not, it's not like you can just wake up one morning and be on the differentiated side. We're talking about hard internal work of kind of getting your happiness under your own control um, and your own boundaries, your self-esteem, like developing your own self-esteem separate of other people. Like that can take years. Yeah. <laughs> this is no, I, there's no, like, I don't want to give the, paint this rosy picture. Like, oh, you understand this now. And everybody's just going to shift to the differentiated side. If it was that easy, we'd have everybody differentiated, right? We'd like read these self-help books and we'd be over there. It is hard, grueling work. It's these psychological muscles that take daily practice. Um, and that's why we, not a lot, not a lot of people are over there, but if you can get over there, it's great. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's interesting. I'm so thankful for coaching and the 
um, cause I think there, I may not have understood these concepts at the time, but to learn these little, the little pieces of it that to help you differentiate and knowing it's okay that you're not there all the time. I love when you said we don't get to a certain cruising altitude and it's like, okay, I'm all set, but it's just something that we're working on all the time. Totally. Like just the other day, one of my kids' teachers had this very strong opinion about how I was raising my kids. Uh, And she made some comments and boom, like I was on all of a sudden my self-esteem was tied into what she thought of my parenting. And I like went into shame and I was doubting myself. Like I had swung back over. So I had to intentionally like remind myself, okay, here's what I value in parenting. Mm -hmm. Here's the reasons I think I'm doing a great job. Here's why I'm making those choices. I actually don't need her to agree with me. Um, I'm pursuing my parenting path and I feel really good about it. And I was like, pulling myself, like, yeah. like grabbing onto like inching myself back to the differentiated side. Cause we do, we swing back depending on the situation we can swing back there so easily. And it's just muscles. It's like, you have to keep, keep working those muscles all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I think coaches, when you're coaching individuals, you're doing a lot of helping them do differentiation, whether you call it that or not. A lot yeah. of the self-help industry is that helping people get more towards the differentiation side and out of the enmeshed codependent side. That's oh, such good. I, this has been so, so helpful. Just, I love your examples and I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, do you have anything else that you want to, anything else that you want to add? Um, let's see, I'm trying to think, uh, just the mixed faith marriages. I love working with them because they provide, it's like somebody handing you a plate of like (laughs) opportunity to move yourself into differentiation, right? You probably, when you share the same faith, the same spiritual practices, the same perspectives, you don't know the kind of lurking codependency and enmeshment that's probably there that's been passed down from generation to generation. You don't see it. And so it's like somebody just taking a flashlight, a mixed faith opportunity is is like shining a flashlight like oh we actually have a ton of codependency in our relationship or like actually we come from very enmeshed family systems and now we have some work to do to kind of get out of that and break free of that into more differentiation so I think it's really an opportunity and if people can view it like that just know that it's going to be lurking there the codependency the enmeshment is going to be lurking there um and if you can see that and and clean that out, like your marriage is only going to be better. And it just like any like cleaning, <laughs> remodeling, like it's going to be yucky. It's going to not be fun all the time or convenient or pleasant. Uh, but the end result, if we go back to that faces, the flexibility, adaptability, cohesiveness, energizing and stability, like that is the end result of the work. So it's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, and I'm like in my own marriage, I'm super grateful that we went through this so that we could see like how much I could really see, like how codependent I am. I'm super codependent and it's, it's hard to get out of it. I I'm a codependent in recovery. That's how I like to phrase it. Uh, cause I'm, I can, I'll slip back. You know, I, I always have to be working. So that's what I would say. It's a, it's a gift. It's an opportunity 
for tremendous growth and to change generational patterns. I love that because I think it's so easy. I know like from, from my perspective, it's so easy to just be like, this is terrible. This is the worst. I don't see how any good can come out of that, come out of this situation. And I know for me, I, I'm a different person than I was when I, when I started this, do I still have things to learn and to improve? Absolutely. But I, I like who I'm becoming as I hang on to the things to hang on. My testimony is so important to me and my faith. There's a lot of things that are very important to me that other people in my family, that's not their thing. And just, and I think also to recognize like they love me, they love who I am and to differentiate between me and the church. Cause mm-hmm. it's, that can be a tricky thing too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's definitely some work that I've had to do. Cause I know my people love me and, yeah. and they don't, there's a lot of things they don't like about the church and I can be, it's, it's been a beautiful space for me to learn about myself and to be, um, yeah, these are, these are skills that we, that we want, that we want to have in our, in our relationships. So, oh, mm-hmm. Suzette, this has been so helpful and just beautiful. Anything else you want to add? No, I, I just agree. I think, I think when you're raised in a religion or you've been in it a long time, the, just like you were saying, your identity can be very much mixed in with yeah. church, like who I am and my testimony, like it sometimes separating that out too. Like it's all, yeah, it's all part of that process. So it's not just a smoothie. So I just love that. But yeah, yeah. no, I think, I think I've said all I, I mean, I could talk for hours, but I won't. <laughs> well, I, this has been so helpful. Um, if people are interested in finding out more about what you do, where can they find you? So my website is suzettehaltermancoaching.com. And then I put a lot of tips, resources, help for this process of differentiating, getting out of codependency, um, on Instagram and Facebook. So Instagram is Suzette Halterman. Uh, that's where I'm most active, but it also goes to Facebook at Suzette Halterman. Okay. Well, I will include all that information in the show notes for this episode too, but oh, Suzette, I just adore you. And I'm so thankful that you were willing to come on and share your experience and these great tools and just thank you from the bottom of my heart. And, um, that's my friends. That's everything that we've got for you today. Make a great week. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You don't have to be on the same page with religion to have a great relationship. If you are feeling stuck in all the emotions that are coming up for you in your mixed faith relationships, or are looking for tools to help you move forward, I can help you. Sign up for a free session with me. Go to chrisrichcoaching.com and click on work with me because you and your loved ones are worth it, my friend. Thank you.